I do have a question though, and I apologize for not knowing. How do you pronounce your first name? Well, I don't even know, to be quite honest. Because um, <laughs> everybody perfect. calls me something different. I just tell people to call me Al. Okay, perfect. That's easy. Yeah. So when I like, I'll, I'll, I'll record an intro later yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want to get it no, wrong. No, it's fine, because you probably will anyway. It doesn't. There's nobody <laughs> safe. Exactly. <laughs> What's the secret to success? Producing stuff that hopefully inspire other people or, or makes a difference. Sometimes intelligent conversation mixed with witty banter, often just stream of consciousness, but mainly a dialogue between creatives to find out what motivates us in film, art, and life. This is Creative by Design with Philip LG. What's up, beautiful people? I'm Philip LG. Welcome to the show. Before we get started, I really want to reach out and say thank you to everybody who's listened and shared and um, given me feedback because I appreciate all of it. We're trying to make this the best possible resource that we can for um, continued inspiration uh, for creative. So I appreciate it very much. And if you have any thoughts of how we can make this better, just feel free to reach out and let me know. My guest today is an incredibly skilled DP and Marine Corps veteran, Al Arrow. He's run his own business for the past few years and made some financial and creative decisions that, that we get into that I think is very interesting and helpful. We also nerd out about gear a little bit. So if you're into that, that's definitely in there as well. So check it out. Here's my conversation with DP Al Arrow. What made you like, tell me a little bit about your military service, kind of what you did when you joined, why you joined, things like that. Like what, what did that look like for you? I, I joined the military, the Marines, in, in when I was 26, going on 27. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Peru, so in a way I'm, a, I'm an immigrant. Uh, I, I've been living in the States since 1999, so... I was already in this in the states for what twenty like about six six ish years. Um, didn't really have uh, anywhere to go. Um, I couldn't afford college. Um, I was working at factories, and you know nothing really. There was no uh, future that I could see by doing what I was doing at the time. So I decided. I saw the, the military as an option, and in one way or one way or another, I ended up with the Marines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I joined the infantry in my first four years. Uh, I was stationed in California, uh, deployed uh, three times in four years. So um, you could imagine, you know, it kind of gets a little old. Uh, yeah. At that time, I, I was always inclined into the visuals and things like that. So. I, I made a, a lat move into public affairs. Wow, I didn't I didn't know you were infantry first. That's pretty. Uh, yeah, my first insane. my first enlistment was was as a grunt. Yeah, so after my first enlistment, I uh, um, made a lat move into media and public affairs. That was the uh, name of the of the MOS, and the only reason why I picked it was because it had the word media in it. You know, I, I, I couldn't get out because as an infantryman, uh, I didn't want to be a cop or I didn't want to, you know, find a job in security or anything like that. I, at the time, I kind of wanted, I always thought or dream of working at a TV station for some reason. I don't know. Maybe Hollywood <laughs> is there to blame or something like that. But, you know, I, I was like always interested in, in that. Oh, man, TV station. That would be so cool. Uh, but, uh, but with the training that I had and the education that I had at the time, which was basically none, it was, it was going to be probably very, very hard. So I decided to enlist another year, but make that transition into media and public affairs. So how did you find out about the, the PA field if you were in you know infantry? I literally looked at the book or at the manual or whatever that thing is that you have in front of you. 
and 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 at the time I, I really it was one of those things that you know what what can go wrong i mean <laughs> you know one of those things. i mean if i it's either that even if it's something different than what i'm anticipating at least it'll be different and not the same thing you know um either way i'll learn something whether it is something that i want to learn or not but uh did you did you enjoy it yeah yeah i can you make the best out of everything you know i think as, as marines you you have to learn that um mm-hmm. there are good times or bad times just like everything you know um but uh yeah, it's it, it was uh, as I, as I said, I, I learned a lot, um, and I just tried to um, take as much as I could. You know, at, at the time I had a lot of uh, good mentors too. You know, uh, so that was always always helpful. What you're about to say, where uh, where were you stationed at? I got orders to St. Louis, where is where I am right now. And uh, so I came to St. Louis uh, to work with the recruiting command. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I actually started shooting. Well, I, I started with photography. Um, I, I knew I, I loved, uh, you know, the, the motion side of things, but um I didn't have the money, you know, for the equipment. Right, so yeah. I, uh, um, I did a lot of photography first, um, and a little bit of video, um, um, with a little camera. I think it was an M10 that I actually borrowed from one of my friends. It wasn't even mine, but yeah, that's how I started doing things. So, um, Around 20, 2011, just like everybody else probably, or most of us, we started taking pictures for fam- family and friends. And so everything for free or and you just go take the pictures and whatnot and then you give it to them. And yeah, just, you know, whatever. And then they, they then they come back and they're like, hey, you know what? My aunt wants some pictures too or my cousins, my sisters or whatever. And this is people now that you've never met you know mm-hmm. uh, and uh they really like what you did for us and blah 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 and so i guess i kind of started doing that uh as much as i could while i was you know uh, still in the marines i was lucky enough that i met a uh, a girl um who happens to be my business partner now I told her, you know what? This is kind of getting a little overwhelming. And I'm not a very organized person, although I try. But right. this yeah. whole thing about dealing with clients and talking to them, and this is, this is I, I can't do it. So do you want to partner with me? You, you do all the crazy stuff, all the spreadsheets, and you know you talk to them. I'll just show up and take the pictures. How about that? And she's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> as soon as I got out of the Marines, I was, uh, I guess I had enough equipment to to now go into the video side of things and, and start advertising because I couldn't advertise because I was still, in a way, kind of owned by the government. I couldn't really plan, let's say, a wedding, uh, you know, a year in advance or anything like that because I didn't know if I was like, gonna be in town that's how we we really started and found a, a second shooter and and we started shooting weddings and it started and it went crazy because um i don't know if we were too cheap <laughs> or, or, or we were <laughs> you know i guess decent enough that people liked what we were doing and and yeah it, it got busy from there and so what like at what point did you decide um, hey, now is the time to get out. Like I've done my service. I've, I've got what I want out of this well, field and now I'm ready to move on to the next step. By 2012, like, or even more than, than that, I knew I was, you know, it was either re-enlisting or getting out. I already knew that I was going to get out. I had different um, options, but staying here in St. Louis made the most sense for me. 
because I found a school that would transfer some of my credits, uh, most of them, if not all, because uh, I was taking online classes at the uh, uh, the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Nice. Okay. Was that before the military? No, that was during the military. Oh, my last okay. two years uh, of active active duty. So 2012 and 2013. And so it made a lot of sense to stick around in St. Louis because I also had uh, a small clientele. So I was able to somehow transition. It was, you know, like always it's, it's hard at, at the beginning, but... Yeah. If you if you keep pushing a little bit, as long as you you know, as we always say, just suck it up and keep keep going. Just okay. keep that mentality for a little bit, but don't just suck it up. You know, keep doing, be proactive, and 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 do things that will get you out of that um, situation. You know, so that's I guess kind of what what I did. I, I kept talking to my clients. I was telling them, you know what, I'm I'm getting now, so. I'll be fully available. Please refer me to your friends, whoever, you know. But I guess I was lucky because I found my friend Katie. So she was um, the one helping me with all the all the administrative, uh, um, you know, pain <laughs> that I didn't have yep. to, to, to do. So uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that like in – in what we do in the military, it's everybody's so like independent and um, like one man banding it mm-hmm. that they think that that's the only way. And it's a whole lot different when people specialize and, and get, Absolutely. if they're good at what they do, no matter what yeah. it is, you're always going to have a better product. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really what you want to do. And that's something that we should all try to do as much as we can, because, um, from the business side of things, I mean, clients are going to hire what they, or, okay, let me take that back. Clients are going to pay for, for what you can uh, offer, right? So um, when you offer everything, you're not really a master of anything. The idea, I, I think, is to really find that one thing that you like or that you enjoy or that, you know, motivates you the most or whatever you want to call it and really nail it and, 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 and go 110% all the time because that's the one thing that when you get gigs for it's going to pay you really the most and it's going to give you the less stress too. Um, I used to think, well, I'm good at this and I'm good at that. And what can I just do it all? But I was living in a very um, uh, unrealistic um, world. Uh, The type of clients that you want are the big clients, right? So you want the people that are going to, where clients want simply the best, you know? And I think the only way to become that is by really specializing in in one or two things. I'm not saying everything or just one, but. I was talking to somebody a while back uh, about that, about that specific thing about like once it was probably maybe about a year and a half, two years ago where I really started to lean into motion design. Um, and, and the second I did, man, like I made more money and got more work doing that because people were like, Oh, that's not the guy that does everything. Uh, He's like the guy that does this one thing right. that I remember him for. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause really, honestly, if I was looking for a job and, and I'm, and I'm not talking like if I was someone who wants a serious piece of work, get to get done. Right. I would go and hire, well, basically, I would just look at their their work, but I, I wouldn't go to someone who does everything, to be quite honest with you, you know? Um, and I think that's what some of these uh, clients do. They just don't go with the, with the best deal, you know? They just go with the one who's going to do the best job and... Um, in, in, in a way that translates into a better pay, you know? In a general way, I guess, 
I think it's very important to just specialize uh, as much as you can, you know? I, I completely agree with you. And I think that for them, a lot of, if it's a big like production company or creative agency or something, um, it's all about risk mitigation oh. for them too. Yeah. Is they're like, I'm going to hire this dude because he's got 15 years of experience. It's not because he owns an Alexa and MOV pro, right? right? Like it's because he's not going to fuck up my job. Right. And I know that because he's experienced and, right. um, you know, he's proven himself or herself over the past decade doing this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not wasting money. No, no. I know the P's that don't own a single camera. They are still, you know, getting gigs, but, uh, uh, I don't know. That's really up to you or up to the individual, I think. I see it as a business opportunity. You know, if I'm going to give a rate to someone uh, and if, if they're going to use a really good camera, well, might as well use mine, you know. And a lot of times they like that because they know that you know your your equipment. I think everybody, whenever they hire you for the first time, it, it's a risk. And so they're like, oh, what do I put this dude on and it may be something small, but then you kind of crush that job yeah. and they give you a bigger oh, one yeah, and then bigger, you know, and so on. And, and what I tell people all the time is I don't care how much you get paid. If your name is going to be on this piece, it better be the freaking best that you can possibly make, you know, uh, at this time, at this level in this time in your life, this has to be the best thing that you can make because when someone sees that, they're not going to ask, oh, did he get paid full rate, half rate, a lot, not a lot, a meal? <laughs> you know, they don't care. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it, they, what they see is is the work. And and that's how you get, you know, people to come back and look for you, you know. They're going to ask, hey, who did this? Who shot it? In my yeah. case, right? Um and if, if it looks like crap, they're not going to call me back ever, you know, or whoever they show it to, they're going, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's look for someone else, you know? That's very true. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this, kind of going back a little bit, what, uh, so what was, like, did you have any apprehensions getting out? What was like the scariest things that you dealt with? Um, um, I honestly needed to get out in a way, because, um, and this is just me as an individual. I, uh, I love my freedom and I love being, um, um, master of my domain per se, master of my own will. You know, I got to a point in my military life where I was like, just done. I didn't, I I missed that. And I, I needed all that freedom back. So for me, it wasn't really much of a question if I needed to to get out or not. I knew I had to get out. And the other thing is that uh, for me, it was um, a way of, I guess, just just going at it and and, and trying to do my best as much as I could. Um, and 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 but do it uh, not alone because you know i had i had i had help but not working for a um corporation per se or not having a boss there's a sort of liberation when you're like responsible for your own destiny and don't have the safety net of like uh you know a day job or um, yeah you know kind of what yeah. we have here it is it is it's a uh, it's, it's a tricky situation because um, I've been wanting to buy a house, for example. And uh, because of the uh, the way taxes work, when you're a freelancer, you're a self-employed, you have your own business or, you know, um, all that stuff influences quite a bit. So there's a certain way that you have to deal with taxations and, you know, uh, all these financial decisions. So I've had op- offers uh, here and there, and, and they were really hard because for me it was like, am I going to leave this, what I have, what I'm building, you know, and go and just work for somebody else? Uh, on a nine, oh, right, like you've got like staff, staff offers. Right, on a nine to five 
type of job. Now, I, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I was in I, I was not in talks, but there was a, a possibility a while back uh, where an, a local agency, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, me coming in to their team and whatnot. And that was a bit different because I love shooting with these guys. You know, I, I already know them and know their, their families. And there's a really, really good chemistry, you know, and communication. But um, the, the thought of, you know, having to, for me anyway, to respond to somebody else and try to just do things so that person is happy is... I don't know, maybe all those years in the military kind of made me way too afraid of it or <laughs> or got me too tired that I, that I just said, no, that's it, no mas. Uh, yep. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's a, a, a weird, very satisfying type of feeling when – when you start growing and you do it on your own based on your hard work and whatever you want to call it, dedication or, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, um, to me, it was like, okay, every year uh, I started making a little bit more and I was always telling, you know, my business partner, look, as long as we don't go back, <laughs> as long as we're making yeah. progress, even if it's a little progress, I'm okay with that. So um, yeah. that's being, I think, the most uh, satisfying thing of the whole thing. But you're right. I mean, it's 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 a scary, you know. It's that's why I, I think you have to start uh, prepping yourself from I would say a year uh, before, if you can, of course. You know, I, I know there are some probably MOSs uh, in the military that don't allow you to do that as much, uh, but you have to be proactive. You know, you have to start talking to people, um, looking at gigs, uh, trying to better your craft. Uh, I don't know. There's all you, you have to do something to gain something, you know, it's just not going to come on its own. What we do is so unique because it's all relationship driven. It's not like I'm not going to go interview for a job and then get the nine to five. It's like, I need to, mm -hmm. you know, I might need to know somebody for a year or yeah. two before they hire me right. or like right. maybe there's a little, so there's no like, Hey, three months before you get out, let's start looking yeah. for jobs. It's like, I need to start now. Or, oh, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Anything else. And you never know. I mean, yeah, just like you, I have friends too that they knew somebody that they already had an offer before getting out for the most part, unless you are deployed already. But, uh, you know, you may have the chance to start building that relationship with somebody else, uh, with other people, you know. Just try to get in touch with people who are going to make you better, you know, in one way or another. You, whether it is just by talking to them or whether it is because they might actually be able to, I don't know, help you find a job. Or maybe because you're going to be better I don't know, <laughs> learning or talking to them as a human being, you know, mm -hmm. it's in it, this craft is the same, you know, if, 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 let's say if you're a shooter, if you're a director or DP or whatever, a photographer, yeah, talk to better photographers, you know, better DPs, uh, people who've been in the industry for way longer than you. And sometimes you just have to listen, you know, because they probably have a lot of stuff to share that just by talking to you uh, might be disclosing without even knowing, you know? Um, so, yeah, oh, yeah, be very receptive uh, of those conversations because, you know, you can always learn. That's, that's, that's what we do or try to do anyway. I don't know. You know what? You need to connect with those uh, meetup groups. Sometimes they have film and... Um, TV groups, or I don't know if you're into the motion graphics things. Believe it or not, sometimes you meet people that might know other people, you know? Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk about a little bit. Um, once you got out, so we, I, I don't know if you remember, we connected, I think 2015 or something, because in one of the random groups, it was like you were selling a monitor, like a, like a cheap little monitor. Yeah, and I was still shooting on a DSLR. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, I'm going to pick this up from this dude. And then, like, we started talking. And I was like, oh, he was Marine as well. Like, what are the what are yeah. the odds? Yeah. Right. And, and so that was when I started following your work. And I have to say, man, from then to now, something's changed. It's like worse. your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened, but you're awful. <laughs> um. No, either the way you shoot or the way you light or something. But I, I feel like like you were really good then. I was like, oh, this guy's really good. And then now I'm like, oh shit! Like, like either you've stepped up your game or something's changed. Like, has there been any? You know, what has the evolution been like since you got out, or maybe in the past like three or four years, mm-hmm. um, to kind of push yourself to another level? You know what I mean? Uh, well, first of all, thanks. I, that's very kind of you uh, to say. You know, I don't know. I think we get a little bit more critical of our own stuff to start. You know, it's that typical, like, after you shoot something and you review it, and uh, two or three days after that, man, I wish I would have done this. Too late. <laughs> it's already done. You know? Yep. And people, you know, next to you, man, that's that's good. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know? And so I think by sh- I think by slowing down a little bit and to to see the process whenever it happens, you know, um, and kind of be conscious of that and and, 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 and and make changes or try different things, I think that helps a lot. I think that's something that I try to do whenever I get a chance because you know, I mean, when I started shooting weddings, and believe it or not, weddings have, have taught me so much as far as improvisation and just getting things done like in 30 seconds, you know, not having control of just nothing. And I'm talking about locations, light, uh, people, you know. So yeah. I think I learned a lot by doing that. And to the point that no matter where you go now, like I just look and I, I look at the light sources, the type of lights, uh, what kind of, uh, uh, you know, walls we might have, um, you know, so you kind of slow down, I think a little bit and, and, and you just kind of just, you know, just find yourself in a moment of peace <laughs> in a way. And you're like, okay, I think I'm going to do this over here. And for that one, how about this? I don't think how am I going to do this, but it's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll try something new. I'll probably mess it up, so who cares? Whatever. But, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's true because a lot of times I go and I'm like, I have no clue how am I going to do this. And you just start, like, just using those very, very basics and – and I think the more you do that, the the more you learn, and 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 as you progress on your career or, or on your shooting style or whatever you want to call it, through time, you start applying those little things because it's all about the details, you know, and that's something that I I try to apply as much as I can, and of course then. I changed cameras. I started, um, you know, with DSLRs. Then we went to a cinema, Canon cinema camera. Then I got my red. Uh, then I got rid of my red and got my Alexa. I think it's really just pausing a little bit. And not, I wouldn't say analyzing what you do, but but remembering how you did it, and if you wanted to shoot it differently again, hopefully that comes back so you do it different. Or if you loved it, which, you know, sometimes we get lucky and we, oh, my God, that's that's pretty <laughs> awesome, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, totally on purpose. Not, you know, but you just, 
credit, you know, still. And you're like, okay, what did yeah. I have? Oh, yeah, I have a 216 on that one. And that was with a 2K. It was bounce on this, whatever, you know. I think that's, uh, that's one of the things that uh, has helped me um, find a way of doing things, if that makes sense. I wouldn't say style mm-hmm. because that sounds kind of kind of cocky or arrogant, but I'm still mm-hmm. trying to find it really. Well, I feel like you become a little bit more deliberate, you know, and less uh, reactive. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, 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 that could be a good way to put it. What has been, um, here's kind of an interesting question. Uh, what has been, I would say one of the biggest technical challenges you've had to overcome coming from like this community. I don't really know. I'll be honest with you. I, cause I have challenges every time I shoot, uh, unless sometimes it's minor challenges like, okay, we don't have a big source of light. If I'm trying to get something soft, you know, to there's no outlet in the room or something. Cause that happens sometimes, you know, I mean, I did a couple workshops, um, and um, I did one where I divided it into the first part was theory and, you know, a little bit of, um, what do you call it, jargon in the industry or what this is, what is the histogram, what is this, what is that? Um, and the second part was uh, a prac app, you know, like we would mm-hmm. actually shoot something and, and, I, I don't know if I had any technical challenges because I already knew what I wanted to do, but um, you can find challenges. I find them all the time. And it's, I think, how we, again, going back to that one part where we just pause, right, and we look at what we have available, uh, and then we try to... Um, uh, you know, solve the problem. Like I was at a, at a shoot and my gaffer, um, I I wanted to do a a soft light and we had LEDs and I'm like, well, I want to do soft light and we're going to, what kind of lights we have? Well, we have these LEDs and I'm like, okay, yeah, we're going to use them. And he's like, well, but that's not going to be soft enough. Because of, you know, the way LEDs work, the light kind of bounces all over the place. And then it has all these little um, LEDs, you know, that create these little yep. shadows. And, and I'm like, yeah, of course. But um, it all gets fixed if you put a diffusion in front of it. Because that LED becomes that big diffusion. It doesn't matter really, you know. Um, so... Things like that happen all the time, and I think it's 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 how you understand, in a way, how light works. You know, like like how you know, just like okay, when you do a book light, why is it that you know the face becomes softer and less of a shadow? Uh, you know, because basically every time that we are diffusing that light, it gets more and more even across that surface, you know, because if the light is uh, just one one source and it's a small source, by putting whatever, you know, diffusion on, on it, is it, it becomes now that four, let's say we put a four by four, now that source is a four by four, but still it's going to have probably the middle of it. It's going to be a little bit more intense. So mm-hmm. if we even put another diffusion, I don't know if you've seen that. A lot of DPs do that. They mm-hmm. put more than one diffusion. Um, um, yes, the light is going to, your F-stops are going to come, come down, uh, but the output, that surface that is... Uh, emitting that light is going to be more even, which means like every corner is going to be more equal 
equally lit per se, or the intensity is going to be more even, you know? So you as a, as a, as a, as the person behind the camera, you kind of have to process that in your head and really find a way to, to apply that, you know, I've used uh, shower curtains, you know, like a lot of people, <laughs> Yep. Because, you know, I mean, they're cheap and they were accessible. And, you know, I remember using a white uh, door that was um, that was in a basement once. And I used it to, to bounce light out of it because we didn't have anything else, you know. So, yeah, but you have to really – it's not just – okay, yeah, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get the sky panel because, you know, that's a pretty light. Or, no, you have to really, I think the challenge is to to understand as much as you can how that light is going to change and or how it's going to, you know, uh, uh, end up on your, on your frame or on your subject or whatever. So I think that's, because it's, it's very interesting, you know, um, and now especially that, that we play with color and we have all these different uh, wonders of technology, you know. Now we have the, the, the tubes, the, the, all these different lighting setups that, I mean, it's amazing just what technology does. But I think the very basics and really understanding how is that going to, affect in a very nerdy way if that makes sense like almost like become a physicist and like really analyze kind of how that is going to hit your 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 subject uh, and then from there you know just cut it you know um or stop it down or whatever i, I think that's mm-hmm. probably to me i think that's from a technical perspective, I think that's probably the, the biggest challenge because that's what you have to do every time. Well, I don't think that that sounds um, arrogant at all. I, I think that especially as a DP, like that's the definition of your job is to yeah. understand, you know, understand how light works and how it would affect your viewer and things like that. And I'm still, I'm still, for the record, I'm still discovering it because I there are times where I'm like, what the hell is going on? Where is that coming from? You know, I'm like scratch my head and I'm like, oh shoot, it's coming from, you know, whatever. Um but um but yeah in and, and and of course you use your your tools, you know, you I, I use a light meter. I have one on set all the time. And now I'm doing more of a false color mm-hmm. uh type yep. of thing. But uh but yeah and you have a color meter nowadays that is super uh useful to um, but uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the challenge because uh, I mean, it's always good to kind of know and have an idea. Yeah. You're going to do this. It's going to happen this way. You kind of know the look that you're going to have. Yeah. It's going to create this, whatever you're going to probably get a, I don't know, a kicker or you're going to have a background light. Or you're going to change the temperature a little bit if you can. But a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, I have no clue how am I going to do something. And it's a matter <laughs> of really kind of like, okay, I think I'm going to do it this way. And when it works, you're like, of course. Yeah, I knew it all the time, the whole time. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> yep. But... And, but, hey, you know what, too? Uh, get good gaffers, too. Good gaffers and good grips, because you learn a lot from them, too. I have got Which is just that. another example of, like, finding the right people for the right job and not trying to do everything yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they know a lot, you know? Um, and they can get very, very technical, too, which is great. It just makes us better. Um, but, yeah, definitely... Um, I would say, you know, find people who can make you better, including your gaffers or even your AC sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Sometimes they might know something that you don't know. And you're like, dude, what did you? Oh, I just saw it the other day on YouTube. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I knew I had to be on that. 
on the on the level of stuff that I do, if I if I'm DPing, like it's probably a smaller crew, and um, I only know so many things. But to be an AC and have the the DP's ear or have the camera operator's ear and just like either you know give them ideas or just watch and like listen to them work, it, mm-hmm. it's made me so much better. Yeah. Because you don't have to worry about everything. You worry about you know two or three things, and then you just watch and listen and learn. As I said, you know, earlier, even when you're having a beer with somebody, sometimes they say things that you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And you just keep talking, acting cool, you know? But you're like, okay, <laughs> it's in my brain now. I'll remember that, you know? Um, but yeah, there's so much so much stuff to learn out there that it's it's really hard to just, you know, know it all. So I think a, a value, valuable part of what we do is like continually watching good shit. You know, I think that's one way that, that I stay kind of motivated and learn and get new ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking for inspiration for something, like where do you go? Like where do you find, find that? I watch – I'm a movie guy. Uh, and I follow a lot of uh, DPs from, you know – uh, from the ASC or just people who who do really beautiful stuff. And I just kind of follow their work and I see what they're up to. I watch a lot of behind the scenes uh, just to know where that kicker is coming from. Because I know there was a kicker somewhere in there and you're like, man, where's that light coming from? But yeah, I, I like... Uh, Spielberg, uh, his DP, which is the one that he's been working for just quite a few years now. Anyway, so people like like them, you know. Um, that's yep. kind of how I get my inspiration. A lot of commercial DPs too. Sometimes I just like watching movies. I just for the visuals, <laughs> you know. It's kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. that's kind of how I get inspired in a way, just by watching their stuff and feeling miserable for a couple of days. <laughs> until that point where you're like all right i gotta figure out how they did it basically yeah what does and i know like we're all at different parts in our career and our life and our journey and all that stuff but what is right now what does success look like to you uh i think i'll consider myself successful once i once i buy my house <laughs> um once <laughs> no, i buy my house that's, that's just a dream it's the american dream come on man I used to joke around and I used to, I, I would say, man, the day I shoot, the day I shoot a Nike commercial, that will be the day that I can probably be like, okay, I'm done, you know? Yeah, I've reached it or whatever it is. Right, well, that I'm there finally or something like that. But, you know, I think we're never going to get satisfied. I think we're always going to want more, so... As long as I find a nice, decent uh, way of living, which is really kind of what I'm doing, when I'm not doing any harm and and producing stuff that hopefully inspire other people or or makes a difference in one way or another, you know, I don't want to get too political or whatnot. But I think that's when, when we become successful, I think. I I completely agree with you. And I think there's a lot of credence to like buying a house because it's not like buying a house, definitely owning a home. That's American dream stuff. But it's like you're doing what you love and supporting a lifestyle that you're proud of. Right. Like that's not everybody can say that. Yeah. Well, um, I just hate paying for rent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's just one of those personal goals, I think. Just like the one when I when I wanted to just get a degree, just because I want to get a degree and put it on my wall. I guess that that would be success for me, you know, just to be to hopefully become someone who can, uh, I would say, maybe inspire or help others in one way or another, you know. 
there's a lot of value in like getting to a point in your career where you're not fighting so hard anymore that you can give back. All right. So, so last little topic and it, it wasn't on the thing, but I'm interested because you've made such a deliberate decision. Like walk me through the thought process from like, how did you know, okay, I'm going to buy a dragon now and I'm going to sell that and buy an Alexa mini. Like, like from, from the, from the DSLR to the C 100 or whatever you mm-hmm. had, all the way up to where you are now what what was that financially like and then what was that like mentally like how'd you make those decisions well um so i guess what i always tell my friends you know when we joke around is like i learned in life that if i wanted something i had to do it myself i uh, i wasn't gonna wait for anybody else to get it for me so i guess with that mentality, I've always, I guess, tried to to do it, you know, to, to walk through life with that. You know, if I'm going to get to a, to some point, it has to be because of me, not because, you know, yes, of course, of course, sometimes you, you get help or whatnot. But so the same thing applies, you know, in a way to my gear. Um, if... I'm going to move from one camera to another, you know, which is a big uh, financial uh, investment. Um, I want to be the one and solely responsible for it. Like, I want to be like, okay, this is a big chunk of, you know, money, but what can I do to alleviate the pain? You know? Uh, So basically, what we did was we just uh, saved uh, the money uh, for the first cameras um, for the C100s because uh, we have to. Uh, and and then after that, I think we saved a little bit, almost like a down payment for the red. And then we... Uh, and I say we because it's it's my business, you know. I work for my business. Uh, I'm an employee of my business. Right. Yep. Um, we did. Uh, we financed it, but we paid it in full in less than two years. So. Okay. Oh, okay. So I was hauling ass, <laughs> like working, getting gigs, yep. and you know, trying to do as much as I could just to. I was very fortunate, I think, that I was able to get work, you know. Um, and, and at that time, I was still shooting weddings. Um, I don't shoot weddings. Did you shoot anymore. weddings with your uh, red? No, not with my red. No, with the C1. <laughs> no, the red was mostly for, you know, commercial stuff, corporate, and every now and then a few narrative uh, Okay, things. so you paid, you paid the red off in, in two years. Right, that's what we did. It was time for us to upgrade, upgrade or whatever, you know, change cameras. Right. Um, the thing is that I had some issues with the red, with the camera itself. It was malfunctioning a couple times, and oh, okay. it, it it became a bit of a of a, of a pain, you know, just having to deal with it. I just wanted to, I just wanted for it to work, you know? Um, I was shooting a a short film called table 21 that I ended up shooting on my C100 because the first day of shooting the, my red die. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's where the whole Marine thing, you know, adapt and overcome comes into place because that came in very handy. Um, so it was problems like that, that, you know, Katie, my business partner, she knows nothing about cameras. She will not take a picture to save her life. <laughs> Although <laughs> I always put it on auto so she can just go and shoot away, right? But um but she knows nothing about cameras and she hated red already <laughs> just because of the way that they were treating us uh, or the, or the way or the experience that we had. So oh, really, yeah. 
So I was a little hesitant on going back to to Red and, and purchase the weapon. And my main hesitation was because it was 8K. Um, and I didn't want to just buy the camera and then have to upgrade everything else in my in my office, you know, hard drives, computer power, um, everything, right? So I was, because I don't really use it. I, even with the 6K Dragon, I was shooting at 5K and that was too much because I always, mm-hmm. I only used it as at 5K to just crop in a little bit. Um, and uh, so I was like, this is going to be a nightmare. So I would, talk to some some people uh, that knew more than I and I would ask them about their workflows and things like that and they will they will tell me you know these are agency people and they will tell me no we just we just do it all in proxies I'm like but I don't have time to do proxies man I'm a busy man I'm a DP I don't have to deal with all this nonsense no but you know that's how they do it and so it, it was like, oh, man, an extra step. I just want to get on it. And and, um, and the other thing is that uh, um, the, the crop factor on the red, whether you agree or not, at least on, on a 6K or 5K uh, camera, when you crop to 1080, the sensor is cropped. So it's not like... Uh, everything that you have in that sensor, including the noise, gets bigger. So we would shoot stuff, and for whatever reason, we had to go to 2K because we were shooting at, I don't know, uh, 60 frames per second or 96 or whatever. Um, We would light it as much as we could, uh, and we would still see that noise in there. And it was because of the crop factor and the compression that the red uses. Because the red mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not, it, it's, it's red codec. It's not really raw. <laughs> it's red codec. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it has features that raw footage does have, but it's not raw. It's not like Cinema DNG. That's pure raw. Um, so that's why you have that compression rate. So we were shooting at 13 to one, 15, 16 to one, when I had to do that stuff and you could see it, you know? So, um, we talked about the Alexa for a while. We went back and forth and we, we just decided to to go for it. So we sold the red. Uh, we uh, we uh, pay, uh, you know, uh, give like a big deposit for for the Alexa. Um, and now we're and we're financing the rest. And. And the other reason for all these changes is that I just can't help it. I, I love what I do. So I I love having my tools, you know. Well, and there's a lot to be said for a camera that just works. Right. And believe it or not, the Alexa, it's the easiest camera that I've ever owned, including point and shoots. I'm telling you, it's like super foolproof. Like it's, it cannot be any easier. Like if you already know about codecs and things like that, what, you know, four, 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 four means how many fours was that? Fours. Um, (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? So if you know what that means, yeah, select it or whatever. Um, If you know what certain parameters in a camera, in a cinema camera are, then you have no problems because it's super easy. Super just it has the ND filters already uh, inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality of it. Actually, a friend of mine was just asking me, "What, you know, compared to Red? I think Red has a bit of a more edgy type of look. Um, <clears throat> like it's awesome for like music videos and things like that. 
um, I think the Alexa has a more artsy type of look. It's very filmic. Uh, the roll-off and the highlights is amazing. It's like it's like sometimes on the red, you can just see it goes all the way to the highs and boom, that's it. No must. <laughs> it's all white. Right, yeah. You know? It's all gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, the skin the skin tones on the on the Alexa are I think probably the most natural ones that I've ever seen. And, and I haven't really seen that many cameras. So but it it's just it just works. I haven't had a single issue with it since I had it. And I've had it for like three months already, but not that it's a long time, but um I don't know. I every time that I use it, I keep learning more about it and I keep falling more in love with it. So Yeah, and I have to say, like, uh the first time I used a mini, I was like that's the first real cinema level camera I've ever yeah. touched. Um, com- well, I, not not kind of like C100, but that's what I was coming off of. Like it was like a 5D Mark yeah. III C100 world, and I was like really kind of nervous because I was like, "Oh man, this is like it's gonna be highly technical and whatever." And the menu system was so easy, yeah. and because I do understand kind of a, a little bit nerdy, you know, codex. Yeah, absolutely, stuff, yeah. Um, it makes it I was like, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like yeah, so simple to use." How do you like and it? Not. Oh, I love it. Like if I that'd be if I had the money or the the justification to buy a camera, that would be it. Yeah. And that's why I decided like I, I decided not to buy a camera for a while because it's gonna I have a small like A7S2 setup. Yeah. Um those are nice cameras but, too. That, it it works for me now and I'm gonna spend money, I think, on the on the Movi Pro system uh-huh. with like a nice wireless video, nice follow focus. Yeah. Um, and kind of build that out, maybe buy some lenses, um, because it's hard to go to, to go back to justify even buying, like, like you said, like an Epic W or Uh something, because I know that's out there and I can rent, I can rent an Alexa mini for not that expensive. If you could say anything to, to me really, you know, like somebody who does this job trying to do it on the outside, like what is some advice that you would give? Uh, to anybody, you know, trying to make their way in the creative world, I guess. I would say always try to learn and, and, and be tactful because you don't want to become painful, you know, like just as long as you, I would say as long as you have that desire of putting up, putting the work into becoming better, I think you're just going to be fine because you will get better no matter what and people will see that and then it's like a domino effect you know people see that people talk to each other they call you you make money you know you keep getting better you make more money people gets noticing so it's and i the only reason why i I say money is because yeah we have to eat right i mean we have bills you know you have child support things like that i assume so it is in a way important, but it starts with that, you know, just becoming the best that you can at that point and just keep keep pushing, you know, because it will it will get there, you know. Yeah, that's that's what I would probably tell you. And and yeah, do everything that you do, just do it the best you can. Cause you never know who's gonna watch that. Trust me. It's it's like it's like you never know who will talk about you. I'm telling you, you never know. And that has happened so many times. I mean, sometimes I get reached by people that I, how do you hear about me? Oh, because this and this. I'm like, who the hell is that, you know? Um, so don't take that for granted, you know? Um, always be professional and be, and be just humble, you know, because that take goes a long way. I think that is a perfect place to end and one thing that is always useful to be reminded of is that in our industry reputation is kind of everything. It's not always did you go to the right school or do you have a diploma that says you know how to be creative or solve problems on set. It's a lot of times about word of mouth and your reputation through the industry and 
it's great to be reminded that like every action that we take, people are watching, people are listening, and they're paying attention to. And so to just be on top of your game all the time. I want to thank Al for taking the time to talk to me and thank everybody for listening. I hope this is of use to you guys. And like I said at the beginning, if you have any feedback or questions, reach out to me. We want to make this the the best uh, the best possible resource that it can be. So thanks again for listening and until next time.